Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so excited today to be joined by the wonderful June Diane Raphael to talk all about the final season of Netflix's Grace and Frankie. And the thing that I wanted to start by talking about is, you know, you always talk about having this like kinetic connection to characters that, you know, we don't necessarily always understand or connect to the choices and decisions or agree with what, what they're doing, mm. but that, that that's part of like the genuine complexity of life because that's all of us as people. And one of the things that I really love that you've brought to Brianna over the seasons is if there's moments where she does something that the audience maybe would make a different choice on or doesn't agree with, that we always understand where she's coming from and where those Mm. motivations lie for her, both in terms of actions and what's emotionally driving her as a character. And I was interested in how you made sure that that was always a really cognizant part of her as a character right from the beginning of season one. Oh gosh, what a great question, Mara. Okay. So I, you know, I think that um, where that starts for me is that I, I love her and I don't know who I heard say it at one point, but in an acting school somewhere, but you really do have to love the people you're playing. And I love her and understand her so deeply, but I also think that, um, we all contain multitudes of feelings and instincts, some that are really unkind and ungenerous and, all have this sort of like monster inside of us and, and really monstrous versions of ourselves. And hopefully we can grow to love and sympathize with them. Um, but I think most people's internal lives and experiences are, are really, um, diverse and really rich with tons of different feelings. And so the way I see Brianna is just that she expresses more of those instincts. And she, um, has, has a really unfiltered outlook to the world, but I absolutely understand always where she's coming from. So I don't know that I ever made a conscious choice to, um, to do that. Or from, you said from season one on, I don't think I ever really, thought, oh, let me make sure that people understand her. It was more, let me make sure that I understand her and, and that I always love her no matter what, because if I don't, then it just becomes kind of a mean spirited performance. And, um, I, I was always more interested in, in the, the real humanity underneath it all. And I just adore her. You know, I, I love her and I will totally miss her on the show which is weird. And like, you know, it's so, when I would hear actors talk about that, I'm like, God, they sound so strange, but now I'm that person who's like, Oh yeah, I've played this character for seven years. I have to, you know, it's a grieving process and I just adore her. I mean, that, that aspect of her, that's very unfiltered as well. She's also an incredibly self-aware character. She knows exactly how she comes across. She knows how people Mm -hmm. receive her. You know, there's moments where she's like, okay, I'm going to bring Mallory to meet my fiance's parents because she can help like placate them because Mm -hmm. I'm still authentically going to always be myself in every situation. Um, And I was interested in how you viewed her relationship with self-awareness, because I thought that was also a really beautiful dynamic to watch in her. Yeah. I mean, I think so many women connected to her because of what you just described. I mean, I I think when most women walk into a room, we do some amount of calibrating of ourselves, some amount of, especially in in male-dominated spaces, some amount of making ourselves uh, likable, approachable, seeming kind and sweet and um, not taking up too much space, not wanting to be called a bitch, not wanting to be seen as uh, too ambitious, 
or selfish. Uh, they're all of these things that come into play. And I think for Brianna, what's so refreshing about her is that she knows who she is when she walks into a space and she doesn't do those calibrations. She doesn't change her delivery, her tone, um, her sense of her own sexuality, whatever it is really for anyone. So, I mean, I think throughout this, this series, we've seen this, this really important relationship with Barry and how she's tried to adjust her, her needs and desires for him. But ultimately she really does refuse to sacrifice who she is. And, um, that to me is why I think so many women have connected to her and it's, it's what makes me really proud to play her because I have definitely taken a piece of that from her. And I still think no matter how much progress we've made, you know, couldn't elect a woman president. Like there's certain, there's certain things about women where we just can't uh, quite handle their unapologetic ambition, their, um, their real sense of power in themselves, that it makes people feel deeply uncomfortable. And I just think there's so much deep rooted misogyny in that. So to have the, you know, the chance to play a character who, who really is not going to back down or make herself okay for anyone to consume is really, you know, it's, it was really special to me. And I, I, yeah, I, I, I love that part of her. You know, and, and with that aspect where she doesn't back down for herself, she also doesn't for the people around her. Like she loves incredibly fiercely, even though her expression and her love language is, is sometimes a little bit different. You know, it's like she can mess with um, Mallory all she wants, but the moment that anybody else tries to do anything, it's like the gloves come off for her, yes. you know, and, and maybe her way of saying like, thank you for hugging me when I was upset is like, thank you for doing the thing with your arms touching me, yeah. my body, <laughs> rather than yeah, actually saying it out that. loud. Yes. Um, and I, I always found those moments really beautiful where there is still so much of an expression of love, but in the way that she does it as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what were kind of the different ways and the, di- and the dynamics that you really enjoyed getting to explore in terms of like, what is her specific love language for people around her? Well, I always thought about it in terms of who her mother is on the show. And to me, you could draw a really direct line from how Brianna experiences love receiving it and giving it and how she received it from her own mother. Um, I think potentially, I mean, this is just my, you know, the actor's reading of it, but, but I always felt like, oh, when you have that first child, you're as a parent can kind of projecting so much onto them because you can't help but to, and then the second, third, as you move on there, there's an, e- there's more of an ease to the parenting and there's less of a feeling like they are a direct reflection of me and whether I'm succeeding or failing. So when I have always thought about having, you know, Brianna having grace as a mother and as a mom who is deeply unhappy and withholding and couldn't really parent and love in the way that maybe Brianna wanted as a small child, you know, that, but also having a mother who um, started her own business, was an entrepreneur, you know, did all of these things in this, in the beauty space that really end up also shaping Brianna. So 
that, that there's, to me, there was a real kind of uh, matriarchal story between the two of them and how they, the growth of both of those characters, because I, I think it's similar, you know, I think Brianna can't, um, has a hard time saying the words, has a hard time expressing it in the same, in a similar way that Grace does. And for Mallory, it's a little bit easier. There's a little bit more, she probably got the best of Grace, which still maybe wasn't that great, <laughs> but the, you know, there was more ease to their relationship. So I have always kind of connected those dots in my mind that, you know, my parents were in a loveless marriage. There was, I had a withholding parent, um, in grace and, uh, but, but multiple truths are possible. So there's the pain of not having that and how that shows up in Brianna's adult life. But then there's also what she did get, which was this enormous legacy to, um, walk into and an enormous amount of respect for what her mother did, especially at the time she was doing it. So, uh, I don't know if that fully answered your question, but I think her inability to express herself in ways that most people do or are kind of prescribed, um, to me, I've always found just A, hilarious, but B, like, it's just makes all the sense. You just can draw that. You just look at the family tree and it's like, oh, of course, of course you're going to struggle in this area. I mean, and that matriarchal element also comes across in terms of, of the way that she kind of holds herself and the standards that she has for herself as well. You know, Brianna is someone where it feels like there's a lot of pressure that she puts herself on herself. Mm -hmm. And if she's faltering even half a percent, then she really feels every element of that mm -hmm. half a percent. Mm -hmm. um, and so what did you kind of view her, her dynamic in terms of, of the responsibility, the weight and everything that that then carries with it, you know, because it's that, that thing that we see later on in the final season of, of what it means to be the strong person in the room and how mm -hmm. everybody looks to you for that. And when she breaks up with Barry, nobody's asking her if she's okay. They're only checking in on him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I deeply related to that because I'm a Capricorn. So I, I totally understand that um, sense of like being a, a mini adult when you're a child and having like being the one who's kind of always able to take care of themselves. And, and often people don't ask that person if they're okay, because they project so much confidence and they, you know, but often those are the people who aren't actually okay and need that help, but don't show it as readily. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've always thought about Grace and Mallory, like, cause a, a lot of this season is also about Mallory and Brianna and jockeying for this position and the, question of who, who's who's really going to take over grace's legacy and who's going to take over say grace and who does it belong to and who did she really want in the role and i've always thought you know for brianna she probably envied in some ways that grace was kinder to mallory that there, she seemed more loving to her but I think what we get to see this season is like Mallory feeling really insecure that Grace didn't entrust it to her. And I think that's a really interesting story. I think that it's very rare that we get to see a story in which a, um, a company, a family legacy is passed down from mother to daughter. It's usually X and X and sons or whatever it is, but 
I absolutely loved that idea of taking on their mother's work. That was always very important to me uh, through all of the seasons. Of, and that's why I found her, her work stories to be so important and rich because it meant something. And I just think that's not a story we get to see necessarily women passing on um, their legacies to each other and to their daughters. And so I just loved that. And I love that the way the story wraps up is really about Brianna and Mallory kind of, you know, I think we spend a long time both in the series and, and, and in the, this season in particular kind of pitted against each other. And I find it so exciting that the way, what their happy ending turns out to be is that they actually turn to each other to collaborate and they turn to each other to, you know, start this new thing. And to me, I'm like, oh, wow, what a, what a beautiful narrative for um, women that this idea of happy ending doesn't necessarily lie in, in the, it can, of course, but like doesn't necessarily have to lie in, in the uh, securing a partner and a life partner and, and having children, you know, it, it could be about collaborating with another woman and, and creating something together. Um, so I just, for me, that felt so right. And Howard and Marta, our show creators, I thought did a beautiful job with like sticking that landing of um, sending them off. Cause you know, obviously I had the Barry story and that was really important, but to me, sending them off together was so, uh, so beautiful. And I loved it. I mean, that whole relationship between the two of them as sisters has always been really beautiful to watch and has fully acknowledged all of the complexities. One minute they're mm. having, you know, an in-depth, very serious conversation about business or talking about something to do with their parents. And then the next minute they're literally fighting as if they're mm -hmm. five years old and mm -hmm. physically coming for each other again. And I really <laughs> love those moments where they kind of revert to being the childhood version of themselves and become very infantile because it is that, is that dynamic that's, that's very yeah. real with siblings, um, you know, and, and going into scenes like that, what was kind of the joy, because that's not just even about the things that they're saying to each other. There's such a physical comedy yeah. in the way that they kind of move and interact and, and really kind of push each other's buttons as well. I mean, I think so much of that was because Brooklyn and I became so close over the course of seven years and have such an intense bond with each other. We both, became moms on, and, you know, over the course of these seven years, had two, four children between the two of us, you know, I lost a parent. We, we experienced as actors, a lot of life together. And, um, so we were very, very close. I mean, Jane Fonda used to always say she would see us, the two of us in between takes, you know, and we were just always talking. And Jane was like, what could you possibly have left to say to each other? <laughs> But I'm like, oh, that, but that isn't that the way everybody behaves with their girlfriends. Like we, we could literally talk and we have talked for 16 hours straight. And that's not an exaggeration. And often on set when, when, you know, someone couldn't figure out where Brooklyn was, they would come to my trailer and she'd be there or I'd be in hers. Like we were never, even when it was like, oh, everybody's going off to their trailers. We all need a break. We've been sitting in the hot sun together. Like it's time for some alone time. It was not for us. We would prefer even sitting in silence 
to be together. And so because we became so close, I think the writers really wrote to that too when they saw that. And I think Howard and Marta really sensed how comfortable we were with each other. Um, so some of that stuff started happening, the physical stuff during uh, like improvised moments during scenes where we would be getting into a fight or, and then I would like, I would like punch her in the boob. And then I don't even know if it's actually in the show, but I would, I remember saying something like I, I punched her and I went titty punch. And then she punched me back and said titty. Punch. And it was just so dumb that we were always yelling titty punch at each other and like punching each other's boobs. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it, but we thought it was so funny. And so I also knew I have two older sisters that you, I got into a physical brawl with my sister in like Times Square, walking out of a Broadway show with my parents when we were well into our twenties over nothing, because it's the level of like, I love you so fucking much, but I'm also not afraid to punch your boob and pull your hair. And like, don't you ever fucking forget it. Like, it's just so to me, that's the relationship I have with my sisters, which, and you know, Brooklyn, Brooklyn doesn't have sisters. We had that with each other. So, you know, the night before that fight scene, she came over to my house and in my living room downstairs. And we worked on, you know, we worked out the choreography because I really wanted it to feel real and like kind of brutal in a way it, so that it didn't feel like we were choreographed that it had that sense of like, I will fucking pull a piece, a chunk of your hair out of your head. If you say one more word, you know, that, and the escalation of that, you can only do with your sister. So we worked the whole thing out ourselves. And then I believe Marta, no, Marta didn't direct that episode, but the, the next day when we came to set, we pulled Marta and the director aside. And I said, can we show you this, what we've already figured out. And they saw, and then we just, we did it for them and they were like, great, we love it. So I was like, you know, we've made, we had an amazing stunt coordinator, amazing fight coordinators, but I was like, I'd rather us just figure it out and not be told what to do here. Um, and it ended up feeling great. So we had, but we had many moments like that where we would kind of go off and try to like really figure it out on our own and, and then bring it in. Um, it was really fun. And, you know, I would give her lots of times I would tell her like, do this again. And I hope she's okay with me giving her notes, but I would never give another actor notes by the way, but I would give them to Brooklyn because she I know we trust each other that much that I would pull her over and say, this time do this time, say this and don't tell anyone else. Like, don't ask the director, don't ask anyone, just like do that. And so we would have those moments or I'd say to her, listen, I'm going to do something different this take. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, but leave room for me after this line. So like, we would try to surprise each other. You know, especially on, on sets when it was like, there's a crew, there's, it takes a long time. The show so beautifully lit it looks, everybody looks incredible on, I'll never look better on TV, but that takes time to do that. And so long hours waiting around. And so she was somebody I could really, 
I don't know. I could really say like, let's keep it fresh and let's keep it alive and let's have fun. You know, when you're working with someone like Jane Fonda, she's just so technically skilled and such an amazing actress that doesn't matter how long she's been there. It's always, she's always going to be truthful and honest. and It's going to feel fresh. But for someone like me, sadly, I have to like improvise and, and try to entertain myself because I don't, I'm just simply not as good, but um, yeah, we just had so much fun. And you were also, you know, bringing up the relationship with, with Barry and how pivotal and central that was, you know, particularly kind of in, in the way that it ended as well. And, and I know that it, you've talked a lot about how it was always important to you that it really came across like how much Brianna loved him. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a breakup that happens because of anything that goes wrong with their dynamic with one another. You know, it's that they want different things and that mm-hmm. they know that that's something that they can't move past, um, you know, and, and I was interested in, in the aspect in their relationship dynamic of even when she has moments where she's being hard on him, that for you, there were always lines that you wouldn't cross. And I was actually mm-hmm. very curious about what were the lines that you found in playing around with that dynamic with Peter Cambor in scenes that were the lines and spaces that you found that she wouldn't go beyond. Uh, you know, it's hard for me to remember now, but there were some, there were some lines and jokes where I did go to Marta and Howard and said, Hey, this is too, this is, this is too mean. Um, I, I don't remember what they were now. Cause you're probably like, wow. I, I mean, I said a lot of things that were harsh about him, but I, I don't remember. There were just some things where I was like, I can't say this because I'm feeling like we're going for a shock value and it, and I get it and I understand it. And it's funny, but long-term we have to root for these two. And I don't think we're going to be able to. And they were always, and this is the thing about Marta Kaufman and Howard Morris. Like I, I felt like I could really collaborate with them. And I felt like they had my back, especially after, you know, after the first season, we're figuring out the show and nobody knows what the hell is going on. And you're just like, show is picked up for 13 episodes and you just start filming. And it was almost like I was acting in one show. They were acting in a different show. We just didn't, we didn't have it. And that's the interesting thing about not having shot a pilot. Um, and going straight into just you're shooting 13 episodes is a pilots are so annoying. And on the one hand, but on the other hand, you get a chance to work out tone and kind of you edit that thing and you feel like, okay, this is the show, it's the tone of the show. And I, I do think Grace and Frankie took a beat to land on what that was. And all of us kind of understanding the how much comedy and how much heart and what the the kind of balance of that was. But there were just lines and I I can't really remember what they were. I feel like maybe there was some stuff where I was like making fun of how he looked or something like that. And I was like, oh no, that doesn't feel right. Cause I actually, in my mind was like, oh, I think they have like this amazing sexual chemistry. I think that's, you know, you never really know what goes on between two people behind closed doors. And so that always felt like, yeah. So there were just certain areas where I was like, I have to protect them and I have to protect her. Um, and that's the thing about acting. Like you are kind of always advocating for yourself. I mean, I remember saying this to, 
to Casey Wilson, my girlfriend, we're talking about being on set and acting and you realize that it's really not an actor's medium. It's really, you know, the director's medium. And so you have to kind of really, I mean, I feel like 90% of my day is spent kind of creating the space I need to feel free and alive and um, pushing back, but also trying to listen to the big picture and collaborate. And so it's, but it is really ultimately, I think every actor feels this about the, their characters. It's like, it is our job to protect them and to advocate for them. And so, yeah, there were a few things I mean, I remember there was one episode, there there was an episode around like a batch, I think it was Robert and Saul's bachelor party. It was early on. It was the first season. And there was one draft of the script where they like wanted me to actually wear a dildo or something insane. And I was like, no, (laughs) no, no, I don't want to do that. And that's the nice, so much of this show is about what comes with age and the gifts of aging. You know, that it's not just like things get taken away from us actually like, oh, we get offered things. And that has been, even the course of the show, one of the gifts for me is like, oh, feeling more comfortable to just say, no, you know what? That doesn't, um, that's not sitting right. And I'm gonna trust that instinct and I'm gonna speak up about it. And it's, I wouldn't probably would not have done that in my twenties, but fortunately on the show with our producers, Martin Howard, they had such respect for like what we were bringing to the characters that it was, it was only ever like a total collaboration, which is really special. And it's, it's wonderful that it was so much of a collaboration in that way with Martin Howard, because, you know, to that point as well, like that's not always the case on every single, single set. It's mm-hmm. not always a given. Um, and that collaboration with Howard even has extended into the two of you writing a script that's, that's a spinoff in following yes. Brianna after the series ends. Um, and I, I was interested in hearing a little bit more about the dynamic in terms of the two of you writing together. You know, you've kind of described him as being very story forward. And then you're kind of like coming in with a lot of the expositional details and also even just the experience of, you know, you've written so many things over the years and, you know, but you've, this is the first time I think that you've written a full series, you know, beyond a pilot television wise. Mm-hmm. And so writing outside of a pilot, outside of a feature, what was the difference in terms of the way that you had to think differently about structure and character development? Well, I will say we only wrote a pilot, so I didn't write anything but a pilot. We pitched, of course, an entire uh, series and, and season. So, but but more and more now, when I've sold other pilots, you do have to actually come in with the entire like season, not just the first season, but like three seasons, <laughs> because of the way that streamers work. So, but I still only you know only wrote the pilot, and um, but. It was a it was a wonderful process. I mean, you never know what it's going to be like to collaborate with someone, especially a writer you've never worked with before. So, um, I definitely felt like I kind of jumped into his process, but he's also. I was actually so relieved to do that because he's so experienced, and he's one of those showrunners that every writer loves, you know, his writers and his rooms are just kind of legendary because people love working with him and they love him because he's a wonderful person. And so 
I was able to really, I, I all of a sudden was like, oh yeah, I understand why everybody loves working with you because you're a joy to work with. And we just really had so much fun. And, you know, so much of our, of our process really was in, in terms of the creating the pilot and the outline for the series was about just talking. And we spent months during the pandemic when we were shut down from Grace and Frankie, just on the phone every day for hours talking. And um, I'm sorry if you can hear my dog snoring in the background so loudly, but it was, it was just a really, it was, it was a rare project in that it was so easy. And sometimes I think when things come easy and naturally to me, I don't like quite trust them. But like, I remember for Grace and Frankie, I memorized the scenes that I had to do for the audition, like in one minute. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. What does that mean? You know, now I look back, I'm like, oh, it just means that I, A, the writing was good, but B, I had her in, I was very, she was very available to me and I knew what she was going to say. But with Howard, it was, it was that easy too. It was just very, very natural. And with the hilarious part was that there were so many times where I would reference something from Grace and Frankie and say, well, you know, when Brianna loaned them the money or, and like, you know, this is what happened with Brianna's dog. And obviously, and he'd be like, wait, what happened? And I'm like, Howard, you wrote it. And he'd be like, when, uh, tell me more. And genuinely like, could not, I was constantly having to tell him about his own stories. So it was just hilarious, but obviously there were, there were many, many episodes and he, he, I think we both came from the same place though, of not being precious about comedy. And when you find someone else, who's not like precious about every, you know, we, we both felt like let the best idea win. He's, he works, he does not work from a place of ego. I do more than him. Absolutely. But like, he, he just has that sense of like, whatever's best is going to win the day and whoever pitches the best thing, I don't care where it comes from. And so I love that. It, it makes him an amazing showrunner. And, and of course he has the ability to lead a staff of comedy writers because he just wants everyone else to look good. So it was just, it was a wonderful process. I I'm so proud of what we created and now, you know, we wait, so we shall see. And I mean, it's, also in that regard about not being precious with comedy, it feels like that was so much the dynamic in, in working in Grace and Frankie over the years and, and that there was a real kind of safety net of creative freedom and the opportunity to try things, even maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but at least, you know, we'll try this dynamic, we'll see if it fits. Mm-hmm. And then also in the way that working alongside Jane and Lily and Martin and Sam, that that for them, you know, it, it was about the joy of the moment and just being there and doing the work versus trying to build a foundation for the next project. And through that, how do you feel that through these seven years and working on the show and being in a space with that sort of creative freedom and and safety net there, that that's really changed your relationship, both with the work that you're doing in the moment, but also kind of generally with the the dynamic Mm. that you have with your career moving forward. Well, not, I would say not everybody on the, on the show worked the exact same way. You know, there, there were, there were some actors, I mean, 
the four at the top had different styles and different ways of approaching it. And, and I do think that some, some of them wanted to like Jane is much is so studied. She knows the scenes inside and out. And I think appreciates knowing the structure of a scene and, and the, um, you know, she's so devoted and so technical and, and so available that I think her work is, is, is really precise and very inside out. And Lily is so outside in and, you know, improvisational and, and incredibly loose. And so I think that I, you know, I do love to improvise. I do like to kind of see what's underneath. I do, I find sets to be rather, the energy to be rather stagnant and it's not, but, but I also understand that other actors, like they work differently. And so I hope, and I feel like I um, understood that my role there was to absolutely protect my character and make sure that I was creating an environment for myself where I could be the best I could be, but also really not and stepping on the process of my fellow actors. So some, because sometimes when I talk about that, like, oh, I like to improvise, I like to do this or try things and, and, and like bust out the scene and, and do different kinds of takes and that people are like, oh, wow. It seems like you just don't like, it's a free for all out there. And the truth is I would never, I would never do that if the, either the camera wasn't on me or if I didn't feel like, you know, the other person wanted to do or try something that way. So I have such an enormous amount of respect for these actors and the way that they, the way that they worked. And it was like, honestly, taking a graduate level acting class to watch them and to see how prepared they are. And also, you know, just how much fun they were having. But what I will take away with me, I think, hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess that's what I'm going to take away most. I think the thing I will move forward with in terms of my own process and my own work is just not making it about my own ego and my own sense of like, did this teacher think I did it okay? And the need for validation all the time. I struggle with that. And so when I watch these actors, Jane Lily, Martin, Sam have that inner sense of validation and that inner confidence of like, they don't, they don't need it from out there. Um, they, they need to feel it or they won't move on to another, you know, they they'll continue to work on the scene. That was really cool to see. And I think that I, I hope to one day get there. Well, I really, really love everything that you've brought to Brianna over these, these Thank several you so seasons. Much. Hope that we get the chance to see the spinoff project down the road. Yes. Thank you so much, June. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. It was so nice talking to you.